Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Here are a couple of things that happen. So, our, you know, our heart is to reach out and to love people and, and to reach out to the community. And so last year, you gave over $40,000 to missions and outreach. And you guys did that. So thank you so much. And here are some things that you did. One of them is you helped, you helped missionaries in, in Thailand, India, and Mexico, Dominican Republic. Um, this allowed us to help plant churches in the U.S. You helped with teachers outreaches at Park Meadows. You helped with, with the movie outreach and all those things at Park Meadows, Arms of Love, um, the Arms of Love Day where we did Christmas, um, <clears throat> helped do a Christmas party. You guys gave over $4,000 on one single Sunday. Um, give it up for that because that's pretty amazing. Um, this allowed 910 families to come to see a movie at, uh, um, here at the, at the theater from Park Meadows and allowed us to invite them to um, Christmas Eve service. Um, this, you guys also sent over 100 presents, and here's a picture right here, over 100 presents to Thailand at Bonnie Manuel, the orphanage there. Um, so if you look carefully, you might see your bin. You might look and see it. I don't know. There's, but this, these are a lot of the kids. And there's another picture here of, of one of the, one of the girls. This is Piran. Um, he is the one that started the, the orphanage. Um, and he's just an amazing godly man. You guys did that. You did that last year. All of that in one year. Give it up. Clap. You don't have to. Come on. It's good to celebrate. You read the Bible. Jesus is all about celebrating things. Not only did we see those things happen, but last year we saw 17 people baptized. That's, that's amazing. We saw over 40 people make decisions for Jesus. We saw, and, and out of those four, I don't even know, like we, we, we try, we're trying better to like capture all of these things and so that we can track things. Um, but we know 15 people made decisions for Jesus on Christmas Eve. 15 people on Christmas Eve. And we also know on Christmas Eve that some of those were Park Meadows families that gave their lives to the Lord. So that is, that's why we do what we do. Not only did we see those things, but we saw 36 people take their next step going to the seven minute party. We saw 30 feet, 38 people go to discover saying, you know what, I want to discover more about who I am, um, who City View is, and what God is wanting to do in and through me. And not only do we see that, but last year we saw 127 people say, I want to become a team member. I want to become part of what God is doing at City View. How can I serve? Where can I be? Plug me in. 127 people. That is amazing. And there's so much more that God has planned for us this year. And are you excited about this year? Because I am. Give it up right now for this next year. 2020. You know, back in October, on October 13th, I, I asked each and every one of you, those, some of you are like, I'm new here, this is my first week. Well, back in October, on October 13th, 2019, I asked City of you to start praying. I said, will you please start praying? Start praying that God would lead us to where our next step is. Lead us to, God, what does our future look like? God, where's our, where's our, our home? What, what does that look like for us? And so you guys have been praying. On Wednesday at 1.09 p.m., if you're like, I haven't been, well, put that onto your calendar, put it into your alarm. I have an alarm that goes off every Wednesday at 1.09 p.m., and it reminds me to pray for City View. And so on that, so soon after I asked you guys to start praying, I got a call from CCV, Christ Church of the Valley. I don't know if you guys have heard of that church, but CCV, you might have seen their stickers, seen one of their multiple buildings, but they called me and said, hey, Jeremiah, can we meet with you? I said, yeah. Um, I'm friends with them. I already meet with them. I get mentoring and coaching by them, so it wasn't weird for me to get a call. 
Um, I had already been reaching out to them going, hey, can you help us just be wise and as we look for a building, what does that look like? What should we be looking for and all those kind of things? And so I had already reached out to them about that. And so I had a meeting and with a guy named Larry. He is their missions pastor. And he goes, Jeremiah, how are you guys doing? I said, we're doing good. He goes, man, what's your biggest need? What, if we were to do anything, like he, and he, so he tells me about this initiative they have. He goes, Jeremiah, you know our heart is to reach the valley for Christ. And that, that's our heart too. That's our vision here too at City View. That we want to reach the valley. We want to see the entire valley come to know the Lord. We would love to see that. Wouldn't that be amazing to be the first city, to be the first state where every single person comes to know Jesus? Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be awesome, and I believe it can happen. And so they said, Jeremiah, you know, our, our, our mission, our, our vision here at CCB is to reach the valley for Christ, but we realize we can't do it alone. You know, even if we started so many more churches, we can't do it alone. So what we want to do is we want to come alongside and help and empower other churches to get to that next level. So Jeremiah, what do you need? I said, well, we need a building. Go big or go home. Right, Patriots fans? Um, and so, just kidding. <laughs> hey, it's all jokes. It's all jokes. Now, we, I can understand where you're coming from. I mean, my team loses all the time. Um, and so I said, we need a building. And they said, okay. And so they shared with their church. And they, so they, they reached out to about 15 other churches and said, what do you need? And other churches, some churches needed ch- help with their children's ministry. That One church needs an elevator um, because they need to build onto their children's ministry building. They need to build up. But when you build up, you have to build an elevator. And they said, we, cannot, we can afford the building, but we can't afford the elevator. $150,000 for an elevator. Um, that's just crazy. And so they went to their church. They went to CCV the, the two Sundays in um, December. And they said, hey, church, this is what we're doing. This is our heart. This is what we're wanting to do this year. We want to help a handful of churches. And, we, and the, what they said is that we have identified 15 churches that we feel are doing an amazing job reaching their communities, and they just need help getting to the next level. They need financial help. That's, if, if, I, I know many of you are not in the church world as much as I am. That's foreign to know another church wanting to help another church. We pray for churches all the time at City View. What we do, praying for and having relationships, that's, that's not common in the church world. Usually it's a competition thing. Usually it's, we don't want to share people with you. We don't want to share resources with you. We don't want to, usually it's this nasty thing. That's not their heart. So they said, hey, church, this is what we want to do. We want to help these churches. We've identified them. You can look on their, they said you can look and find them here. And and so over two Sundays, they raised over $3 million. And they're giving that to all the, these different churches. They're helping out 15 different churches, and we are one of the churches. They said, we identify you as one of the churches that are gonna do an amazing job, and we wanna help put fuel to your fire already. And so that was soon after you started praying. Prayer does things. Prayer does more than we could ever imagine or think. And guess what today is? Today is the 91st day of our 90 days of prayer. I'm not saying quit praying, but I'm saying look at what we've seen God do already. So don't stop praying on Wednesdays because I know God has so much more. God has so much more planned. He has so much more that he wants to do. But this didn't happen because I went and got in the right room. This didn't happen because I was able to manipulate or con somebody into helping. This happened because of prayer. This happens by the Holy Spirit. 
This happens because God is doing things. All of this happens when God's people work towards the common good of unity and showing others the love of Jesus. Now we're still looking for our property. Haven't found it yet. We're looking and there's some that we have ideas and we still need prayer. Please continue to pray. But there is more that God has in store for us this year. There's more God wants to do. There's more he wants to do in and through you. And I know he's got so much more for this year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for this day. God, we thank you for how faithful you are. Lord, I ask, God, that you would bless us this year. Lord, that you would, Lord, bless your people. God, I ask that you would, Lord, just give us wisdom and guidance as we make decisions with all the different things moving on for this year. Lord, I, um, I thank you, God, for how generous and how gracious you are with us. God, I thank you that you are working and wanting to do unity amongst the churches here in the valley, Lord. And God, as, as we pray every Sunday, Lord, we lift up those churches. I lift up Caleb over at Desert Springs. I lift up Jared over at, Des- at Desert City. And um, Lord, I, I lift up my friend Jason over at Heritage and Andrew over at Cross Church. And Lord, I just ask God that you'd bless us here at City View. God, I thank you for the generosity of CCV. Lord, I look forward to what they're going to do and, and helping these, these other churches, Lord. And God, I just pray, God, as we, as your church body, as we unite, may we see revival in our city. And may it start here at City View, and may it start here in our own heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning, we are starting a new, new series titled, There is More. There is more. It's as, as I was reading through the, through the New Testament last year, that's sort of what I did last year. I, I went and started in Matthew, and I read all the way through um, to Revelation. And, and as I got to the book of Acts, I realized that, that there's so much more God had planned. There's so much more God wanted to do. You know, I found this common theme in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus had these final words in each of those books that he gave to his disciples and those following him. Matthew captures Jesus' final words like this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you, Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And then Mark captures Jesus' final words like this. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And then John captures them like this. John's words are a little more pointed and a little more direct and to one person. John, Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to Peter. But it's a word that we can each take for each other. And Jesus said to Peter, If I want him to remain, speaking of John, because Peter was so focused on other people. Jesus, or Peter's like, Jesus, what are you going to do about him? What are you going to do about this guy? And and Jesus, this is Jesus' response. If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? He says, Peter, you follow me. You follow me. And Jesus, his final words were things like, go, make, baptize, preach, preach the good news, follow me. Jesus says, there is more to be done. There's there's more lives to be changed. There's more cities to be impacted. And the book of Acts is the more. 
How can you live this more life? What makes this more life possible? If you would turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You see, at the end of Jesus' life, he died. And then he rose again. And the disciples thought, it's done. It's finished. Now it's time for the kingdom of God to come. And now it's time for Jesus, you're going to come and everybody's going to go home and it's, everything's done. But it's not done. I'm going to give you a little background into Acts and then we're going to get into verse 1. The book of Acts was written by a guy, a physician, a doctor named Luke. He was not a disciple. He wasn't one of the twelve. He was a guy who came to know Jesus after Jesus died. Many believe that he was a Gentile. Many believe that he wasn't, a a, a Gentile means somebody who's not a Jew. I'm not a Jew, um, so that would make me a Gentile. So a Gentile was anybody, according to biblical context, anybody who's not a Jew. And many believe that Luke was a Gentile, and possibly from this town, this city called Antioch, which is one of the cities that Paul went to, a, a guy in the Bible named Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, many believe that Luke actually was from maybe that region. And so he writes these accounts, and when he, 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 when, he, when he sat down to write the book of Luke and to write this book of Acts, he researched. See, he's probably, if you know anything about the Enneagram, I think maybe he's a five. A five is a studier. A five is somebody who wants to know and always research and watch documentaries and all those kind of things. And I, I sort of see that as Luke because Luke, as soon as he heard his life was changed by Jesus, by this Jesus he never met, but as soon as he heard this message of Jesus, he started interviewing anybody who knew Jesus. And so he started talking to the disciples. He started talking to anybody who saw Jesus at any time. And so Luke went and he interviewed all these people so he could write down an accurate account of who Jesus was and what Jesus did. And he wrote these two books, Luke and Acts, to a guy named Theophilus. Theophilus, we know, was a Roman official. We know his name means lover of God. We don't know a ton more about him. We don't know if he believed in Jesus yet or if he's still seeking for Jesus. We don't know. But we know Luke wrote these two books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, to him. And Luke Luke wrote to tell him the facts about Jesus and how the gospel spread. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach. I love that first statement. All the things that Jesus began to do. But there was so much more to be done. You see that? Luke is is telling us he didn't finish it, but he began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convic- convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. This the book that he, he, he writes first in verse 1, the first account, he's speaking of, of the book of Luke. He says, Jesus began the work, began the work of sharing the gospel. He began it. And many of us, you might think, wait a minute, no, Jesus finished his work. Yes, he finished the work of salvation. 
And he finished the work of redemption. He finished so that we could, so that anybody who believes in him might have saving, might have their life go to heaven. He finished that work. He finished the work of redemption that our hearts might be cleaned, that we might be redeemed, that we might be set free from our sin. He finished that work, but he didn't finish sharing it. He wanted to use other people to continue to share that work. That's what Paul, Paul, leader, or Peter, Luke, one of those guys, is talking about. You see, he set aside work so that his disciples and those who choose to follow him later might do. And Luke is writing this to Theophilus, and he says, concerning the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God was something the disciples constantly got their minds wrapped around in the wrong way. They thought this kingdom of God was going to be this kingdom where he came and ruled on earth, God came, and and that everything was going to be finished soon, but we're going to find out Jesus is going to talk to them about that in a minute. It says in verse 4, and gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. Speaking, Luke is speaking about Jesus' command to the disciples. He says, but wait. Wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, and you heard of me. God had promised these things. God had promised that, the promise that, that Jesus is talking about to the disciples, the promise is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, that he would send the Holy Spirit to be a helper that abides in you. In John 14, verse 26, Jesus says an advocate or a helper, he will come and teach you. And Jesus says again in John chapter 15, verse 26, a helper, he will come and he will testify. He will tell you about Jesus. Jesus, he tells him, he says, you need to wait for this helper. You need to wait for this one who's going to come and help you live this life that God is calling you to live. But Jesus said, you must wait. So here's the thing about waiting. To wait means you have to stay where you are and delay action until a particular time or until something else happens. Who likes waiting? I hate waiting. I, uh, yesterday I ordered something on Amazon Prime that's going to come tomorrow, but then I looked it up on Amazon now to see if I could get it today. Anybody like me, where you love to know if you can get it tomorrow, can you get it today? And you're like, well, why don't you just go to the store? I don't know. I'm lazy. <laughs> That'd be way too easy. I know, you're like, you're killing small industries. I'm sorry. Don't judge. You do the same. So therefore, waiting means to remain in readiness for some purpose. That, one, doesn't depend on you and your power and your strength. See, when you wait, you're saying, okay, I, can't, I don't have any power or strength to do it. I've got to wait on somebody else. So that's what Jesus is telling him. When he says wait, he says you don't have the power or the strength to do it. Waiting means it doesn't depend on your timing. It means you have to wait on somebody else. When are you going to be here? I'll be there. When? When it's my time. When it's the right time. Waiting means it doesn't depend on you for timing. Waiting means, as Jesus says it, it's worth waiting for. Is it worth waiting for? Waiting is good for us. 
We live in such a get it now Amazon Prime society. That's what we live in. We live in a I want to go and get it now. It, it, it's, it's so we don't understand this concept of waiting. We, we want microwave food. and If that's not fast enough, we want to go out and we get our food or we, we pick it up from wherever we want or we do Grubhub or something like that. We have somebody to bring us our food now because we want it now. That's, that's the culture we live in. We want propane grills because charcoal takes too long, even though it tastes so much better. But we want things now. And we live in the society where we've forgotten what waiting is like. I think it would be good for us this year to set aside time to wait. Because when we wait, there's so much more to be found in God. When we set aside time to just wait and pause for a moment, it allows our souls to refresh. This morning, that's what I did. I got up at 4.40, and I just sat on my couch, and I just waited quietly and just allowed my own soul to be refreshed this morning because I needed that. It's been such a busy, I, I keep seeing all these posts about people saying things about what day is it again. It's, it's something weird happens when Christmas and before you go back to work or whatever it looks like, you lose sort of track of time when your kids are home. And you, you really wonder what time it is. And, and so that's sort of been my life, just knowing, okay, it's Saturday already and now it's Sunday. And, but I think it's good to wait. Jesus is telling them, wait, because they need what they're waiting for. They will not be able to do, accomplish the work Jesus is getting ready to do in and through them if they don't wait. And Jesus tells them this in verse 5 and 6. He says, for John baptized with water, which we're, 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 we talked about. We're, we're going to have a baptism soon. And if you've never been baptized, if you have never been baptized, I want to challenge you and I want to ask you that you make that choice today, saying, I want to be baptized on the 26th. I want to make that choice. So Jesus says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And being baptized with the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So when they had come together, the disciples, they came together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are going to restore the kingdom of Israel. You see, they forgot all about this baptism, forgot all about this waiting, and they started focusing on the kingdom. The kingdom of Israel. Restore has the idea of, of a kingdom, of somebody going over and conquering and taking over. And they have this idea of kingdom, meaning this ruling, reigning king. And they're missing out on the idea that Jesus has in mind of, of a kingdom, meaning God's kingdom, God's heart, changing people's lives. You see, they thought restore like take over. They thought kingdom like the Roman Empire. They thought power like an army. They thought the work had been done. But you see, there's so much more that needed to be done. And, and we can get caught up in that too. Here in America, kingdom. We can get this kingdom America mindset instead of kingdom Jesus mindset. Especially now in today's day and, and age, and especially with the, with the things of what's going on in history, we can get so caught up in, in America kingdom. And believe me, I love, I, love, I, I love being born in America. My dad was born in Nazi Germany. We have a great appreciation for where we live. But we can get so wrapped up that we forget about Jesus. 
We can get so wrapped up that we forget that, that there's a God in heaven who desires to change lives. And, and that's what our focus needs to be. Our focus needs to be kingdom of God, not kingdom of man. See, there is so much more that God has. There were so many more people who needed to hear of the great salvation of Jesus. The kingdom of God is not a place, but it's a spiritual thing. It's a life-changing. You see, it is the gospel. It is spread by witness, not by soldiers. It's spread through the gospel of peace, not a declaration of war. By the work of the Spirit, not the force of armies or political intrigue. You want to know what's crazy about as I wrote this? This happened before all the stuff that happened earlier this week. I wrote this message. I wrote these words before any of that happened. I chose the book of Acts before any of that happened. I wrote these words. It is spread by witnesses, not soldiers, through the gospel of peace, not the declaration of war, by the work of the Spirit, not by the force of armies or political intrigue. That, that's the gospel, how it spread. I wrote that days before any, any kind of thing happened in our country or in other countries. So what does that tell you? God has a message for his church, that there's so much more that he wants to do in and through you to change people's lives. That's what I believe. That there's this more that God has. You see, and they were waiting. The, the disciples were waiting for this revolution. They were hoping that, okay, Jesus died. That's a bummer, but he's going to rise again. Then he's going to come in as this conquering king. And Jesus like, no, I want life change, heart change. That's what I'm all about. I'm not coming to be a conquering king with the sword. I want to change lives. They wanted action. But Jesus wanted compassion. They were waiting for a revolution, and Jesus waiting was, was wanting to perform or share with them a revelation. You see, they got their minds all mixed up. Jesus, though, gets them back on track, and he says here in verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has, or seasons is the same word for epochs, which the Father has picked by his own authority. He says, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry about those things. I want you to worry about, about one thing, this one thing, and that's waiting for me. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Ju in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus is saying, not for you to know what the times or what's going to happen. Just wait. He says, but this is what you are waiting for. You're waiting for power, not to overthrow, but to outlove. You're waiting for power to live. You're waiting for power to life change. You're waiting for power to witness. You're waiting for power to share. You know, so many of us, we're like this light. You know, and it has, this light has so much potential. You know, I could... If I angle it just right, I can reflect the light from way up there off of some other light, and, and it, it, would, it would reflect and, and could sort of look like it might have light in it. But you see, this light without power is useless. And many of us, we're living our lives, we're making New Year's resolutions with our lives like this light with no power. We're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing, you name it. I don't know what you're going to stop doing. I don't know what, what resolutions you made this week or, or what things you decide you're going to change. I'm going to read my Bible more, and I'm going to make sure I do that, and that's a great thing to do, but in what power? I'm going to go to the gym every day. That's a great thing to do. I need to make that resolution too, but with what power? 
I'm going to make sure I share with my coworkers, share with my neighbors about Jesus. Yeah, but with what power are you going to do that? And you see, this light has so much potential. This light can say, I'm going to be the brightest light in this room, but with what power? I'm going to make sure I shine out darkness, but with what power? I'm going to make sure I, I show all the things, the faults and the failures, but with what power? I'm going to make sure I illuminate so that this room may have more light, but with what power? You see, this light has to be plugged in to its source if we want to see the power that it has. And us, if we are not plugged in to the source, then we will never see the power that is available to us. So I ask you, what are you plugged into? What power are you pulling from? You see, Jesus tells his disciples in verse 8, he says, wait, wait, but you will receive power. That word power means dudamus, dynamite. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes into your life and gives you the power to live. Many of you, you've given your lives to the Lord, but you're wondering, why don't I have power to live for him? Why don't I have power to make these choices? Why do I keep failing? Why do I keep falling? I do too. I do too. This life is a life of constant change and adjustment. This life is a life of constant sanctification, God changing us from the inside out. That's this life. But many of us, we're living our lives unplugged. I don't know where the end of my cable is. Many of us, we live our lives like this. This light on this cable tells me there's power going to the source. This light is turned on with the potential for so much. Once it's plugged in, we see the power that it has. But the power doesn't come from itself. The power comes from there. So Jesus tells the disciples, he says... There's power for you when you're plugged into the source. It should change our heart, our mind, and our passions. The power flowing in and through us should make us more like God, more kingdom-minded, not earthly-minded. You see, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through us, kingdom values collide with earthly values. That's what happens. Kingdom and earthly values collide you have that struggle then. You, any of you ever experienced that struggle where you have that kingdom value knowing I should share or I should do this, I should change this and all of a sudden you have this earthly value. I should pursue this and I should get this and they're colliding and you have to make a decision and the only way you'll be able to make that decision is when you're plugged in to the source, the power, the Holy Spirit. But why? Why? Why should we? Why should we do this? You, many of us, we've tried to satisfy these needs. We've tried to fix our marriages and we've fallen short. We've gotten the job that we thought would, would satisfy our every desire and we've lost it or it ended up not being what we thought it would be. We've got money or we never have enough of it. Or we get into that marriage and we think this is it and we have those kids and we think this is it and all of a sudden it falls apart. 
we try diets and, and fitness and weight loss plans and, and we change how we eat and we change the structure of all that. We think, man, this will satisfy. But the thing is, nothing will ever satisfy you except Jesus Christ. Nothing will ever satisfy. So many of us, we are living our lives not plugged in. We love Jesus, we go to church, but we're not plugged in. We're not plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not plugged in at our church, period. We come on Sunday and we sit. You sit here. You're wondering, why isn't my life changing? Well, you're not plugged in. You're not plugged into group. You're not plugged into serving. You're not plugged into giving. You're not plugged into community. And you're dying alone. And you're wondering, why can't I make it? Why am I struggling so much? Well, this light will struggle. It's on. And it, it could ask, why am I not working? Why can't I shine the light? I know I have the light in me. I know I have. I, I have the light. I have salvation. I have that in me. But why am I not working? It's because you're not plugged in. And Jesus says, wait. Wait. Because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And he's going to come upon your life. And he's going to fill your life. And he's going to give you the power that you might live a life. That you might live the change. Here's the thing. Jesus has so much more for you. He tells his disciples, he says, power will come. Is this blinding anybody right now? Okay, I'm sorry. Is that better? No? Babies. Oh, I can't see my, my iPad now. Uh, I'll turn it off later. Jesus says to disciples, wait. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. He says, and then he tells them that you might go into Jerusalem. And then he says that you might go into Judea. Jerusalem's comfortable. That's just your neighborhood. That's just, that's your home. That's Jerusalem. That's what he's talking about. Your home. Your home is, can be a comfortable place where you can go and share Jesus. You can talk about him in your home within your own four walls or how many walls you have. If you live in a teepee, you only have three. But, you know, depending on what you got, you know, you got your own walls. But then he says go to Judea. And Judea might be a little more comfortable. Like, okay, that's like my work and my community, my neighborhood. I can go to Judea. And then he says Samaria. He says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I mean, do you want me to go to other people that I don't really know very well? Yeah, yeah. Samaria. And then he says, and I have so much more for you in the uttermost parts of the world. She says, my gospel is not to be kept just in your four, door, your, four, your four walls. My gospel, the good news of Jesus is to be shared in, Jude- in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost parts. That means in your, in your home, in your community, in your city, and in this world. That's what God has called you to do. That's what God has called us to do because there's so much more. Do you realize God has so much? He has a life that he wants to fill you with. He wants to fill you with more power, more love, and more life than you could ever imagine or think. So are you plugged in? Because when you're plugged in, there's more than you'll ever know that God wants to do through you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. God, I thank you that you have a life so ready for us. And God, we just need to be plugged into you.
if, that's, if, if you are a person where you believe in Jesus, but you need the power to live. You need that power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you that you might live and experience the life changes that God wants. I'm gonna ask that you raise your hand right now. Say, I want that power to live. Raise your hand. Say, dear God, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Maybe some of you, you feel like you're running dry, you're running on empty. And say, dear God, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. That's me. I can tell you that was me this morning. That was me on my couch this morning. Dear God, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit because I'm on empty, Lord. I'm on empty. I need you. I can't do this without you. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. If that's you, just raise your hand this morning. Just raise your hand and say, dear God, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, you see our hearts. You know our hearts. God, I ask that this room would be filled with you. Lord, that we might live this year in the power of your Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all those people said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.